Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Glad to have you with us. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined in his triumphant return to Buckets after football season. Super Bowl is on Sunday. You can check out all the great coverage in the Action Network app. Brandon Anderson is back. Brandon, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. It's been a while. I uh, We got one more football game, and it's all basketball all the time for the next like four months going ahead. So, so it's fun to watch a little basketball more this week, get back in the flow of things. Great deadline. Everyone moving all over the place. I feel like we're like reset the league this week. So I was like, yeah, oh, I don't really miss a whole lot the last couple <laughs> months anyway. Let's just start over and do this again. I'm going to try and explain to you how bad the Lakers were in the first half of the season. And you're not going to believe me. <laughs> uh, also making his triumphant return. The crew, the three-man group is back together. Raheem Palmer from the Ringer That's- Gambling Podcast is back with us. Ra, how you doing, man? Life is good. I mean, it's always good to have, you know, us three back, you know, doing it again. So it's always a lot of fun. So I'm excited to be here. Glad to have Rob back with us. Uh, a reminder of everything we talk about today can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. You mm-hmm. get up the second information where the bets and money are coming in on. Uh, a special shout out, by the way, if you are listening to this and you're in the state of Ohio and you're anywhere near Cleveland and you want somewhere to watch the show, the game this Sunday, and you're like, I don't know what to do. Like, I guess I'll go to a friend's house or just watch it at home. Uh, Stucky and Colin Wilson from Action Network are hosting a watch party in Cleveland. You can find details on Twitter or on Action Network. Make sure to check that out as well. On today's show, trade deadline happened. Uh, A lot of shit went down. Um, And we're going to talk about the reactions to all that. We'll start at the very top. Uh, we'll go through awards today a little bit uh, at the in the back half of the section. We're going to talk about title picture right up front because there were moves, obviously, that impacted the title picture as well as the playoffs. We'll start here as gents on uh, Wednesday night. I hadn't slept. I had slept about four hours and was very excited to go to bed. I was so excited. I was like, nothing happens the night before. It usually happens around seven. I think we're done for the night. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get some good sleep before the trade deadline tomorrow. I reach over to check my to check my alarm to make sure I got the alarm turned on to get the kids to school. And I see the notifications in the my do not disturb is like you have 87 notifications. I turn on the notifications, I check, and my wife hears me go, oh, fuck me. And that's because <laughs> Kevin Durant was traded to the Phoenix Suns. Durant goes um, to Phoenix in exchange, along with TJ Warren, in exchange for whew, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and four first round picks. A haul for the Phoenix Suns. Um, in terms of Kevin Durant that they sent to the Brooklyn Nets, the Nets, the Cam Thomas era begins now. They got the win last night, but we'll talk about the Suns here right up front at FanDuel Sportsbook right now as we begin this podcast. 
The Phoenix Suns have moved to third in the title odds. The Celtics are still the favorites at plus 270. The Bucks are next at plus 410. And the Suns are at plus 500. They were at 450 bouncing around yesterday. This has moved back a little bit to plus 500. Um, Ra, I'll ask you right now, are you buying or selling Sun stock right now? If you were betting one team to win the title, would the Phoenix Suns be it? No, I would not buy them at this current number. I think they're plus 500 right now. Um, you know, like I gave it out on the Ringer Gambling Podcast before the Kevin Durant trade. So you could have gotten it because I, I just kind of had a good feeling that if anybody traded for Kevin Durant, it would be the Suns. We know the Miami okay. Williams. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. If we're if you're just going to come back in here <laughs> to the show after being gone for a year and you're just going to start victory lapping, I bet them this summer before Kevin Durant requested a trade. No. I've I bet them all the I mean, way back then. No, 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 no. I, I didn't say this summer. I said Tuesday. I know. So that's I'm I was a year ahead of you. Raheem got a better number though. Raheem, what number did you get? Um, I actually forget. I just I remember just kind of giving it out and you know, just you know, throwing like peanuts on it. I didn't bet anything big. But I think at this point, I think it's it's not battleable because I think, you know, Kevin Durant's going to be out. He's still still hurt. It's going to take them some time to get adjusted. You know, Devin Booker's coming back from his injury. So I think you want to hold right now. I don't think you want to sell, but I think you want to hold. I think that, I mean, me personally, I still think the Denver Nuggets are the best team in the conference. So I think you're, you want to be buying them rather than the Suns right now. I got them at 10 to 1 last summer was mm-hmm. when, where I got them at. I bet them again. Um I forget what the number I have in the action app is. I bet them again last week. Like when Kyrie asked out, I bet the Nets and I bet the Suns. <laughs> Cause I was like, there's only two this. I thought, I thought like Kevin Durant's either staying with Brooklyn or he's going to Phoenix. And so that's what I bet. You mentioned like holding right now and I'm with you. I've been, I've written this. I wrote this in a column on, on action. I, I am of the belief that this, this line is treating them like they're going to have the number one record in the in the Western Conference. And guess what? They're not going to have the number one record in the Western Conference. Um, they're likely not going to have the number two seed. Uh, they might get third. That's possible. By the time that the playoffs begin, you will still be able to get them at a really good number with more information about what they look like, what their strengths and weaknesses are. There will be probably be a little bit of a slide as, team, as everyone goes like, oh, well, they're not that good. And there's like a little bit of a move back. This is like definitely buying. This this is like a pre-order on a shoe or a video game rather than buying it when the reviews are out and you've actually seen what they look like. Um, Brandon, from a basketball perspective, are you excited to watch the Suns? Are you excited to see what this team looks like? Or are you kind of like, uh, I mean, we'll see. A little bit of both, I think. I mean, I want to see it. I want to see Kevin Durant on a team that is not Kevin Durant with Kyrie Irving and James Harden and the the like. Can we just can we just like Men in Black erase the Nets Kevin Durant era out of our memories? Like, I just I don't need that anymore. So I want to see it. I want to see what it looks like. It's you know all three of us struggled to believe in the Suns in past playoffs because of the profile, because they were this like weird old school mid range team. And I was, I was like, well, do they, do they shoot enough threes? Are they going to be able to hold up against variants? So what did they do to solve that? Literally went out and got the mid rangiest mid ranger that ever mid ranged before and TJ Warren, who's the same thing basically. Right? So we have four, four guys who live in the mid range, Deandre Ayton, who lives in the paint, who I think is the, exact wrong center for this team and obviously hasn't been that good this year anyway i I have to watch it because i need to see what happens it feels like another one of those teams where we're gonna be like all right well here we are in the playoffs 
we have 12 games where we've seen these guys play together. 12 games. What do you make of the 12 game sample size, Matt? What do we think of the numbers here? Like, right? Because Kevin Durant is 34, has played 129 games the last four years, has won one playoff series during that stretch, by the way. They traded for him. If you believe the report, where there was a report yesterday, Mikhail Bridges got offered three first rounders for him. If that's true, I think Cam Johnson's worth a first. I think Jay Crowder is probably worth a first. They had four firsts and a swap. Phoenix traded 10 first-round picks for an injury-prone 34-year-old who Raheem doesn't think has a bag. We know that by now. And (laughs) it's coming back. It's all coming back today. But the thing with Kevin Durant is this. I think this is a floor-raising move for the team, but I don't know if it moved the ceiling enough for me because Kevin Durant makes the team better. But I still don't really think Kevin Durant elevates his teammates a lot Mm. while he's on the floor. He just does the Kevin Durant stuff. And what you have now is this four-man team. Like who even, I guess, Torrey Craig is the fifth starter. He has been this year. He's been nice, I guess. But like Torrey Craig, career 34% three-point shooter, 14 playoff starts in his career. Like is not a guy. He's a journeyman. He's your starter. Campaign Landry Shamit couldn't stay on the court in the playoffs in the past. Damian Lee couldn't get on the court for the Warriors in a title run, like only ever in garbage minutes. TJ Warren has had one good season in his career and hasn't been healthy since then. They got Baisley now. Maybe he's good. He hasn't really been good yet. Hasn't played on a meaningful minute ever in his NBA life. Like the depth, the injury question marks. I feel like we kind of just made another like Clippers Nets thing where it's like, oh yeah, on paper, what a great team. And then we're just never going to really see it. And then in a few years, we're going to be like, well, that was it for for the Suns. We never really got to see it all work, but at least they got three picks back. And uh, what an era that was. Let's put it under the rug again. Yeah, I do want to mention, I want to give one little shout out because he's really impressed me this year. Uh, Guess what Damian Lee is is shooting from three this season? I looked it up, so I won't guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that that hurts oh, me because it's my favorite number in the NBA. Uh, Damian Lee shooting forty five percent from three point range this yeah. season. Oh my god! Yeah, he's been absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I, the injuries are another kind of component of this. Is just Chris always gets hurt in the playoffs, and like I don't, I don't enjoy oh. that. Like I, I'm a Chris Paul guy. Chris always gets hurt in the playoffs. He got hurt last year. He got hurt the year before. Like he always, even when they made the finals run, he had that, the injury versus the Lakers that almost caused him that series. Um, KD obviously has a lot of injury issues. Now he's been healthy for the playoffs, but you know, we'll see if he, if he's able to get there and Devin's nursing that hamstring. That's the hamstring is not going to like go away. Yeah. He, he took a long time off, but it's probably going to be sore until summer. The only way for those hamstrings to really heal is to take several months off. Uh, you know, I've talked a lot about this. We did this when Brandon and I did how to bet conferences, which is the best value is always right before the playoffs. And I just continue to be like, look, if they wind up, let's say that the Suns wind up in the three seed and they duck like golden States in the seven and the Lakers in the the eight and nuggets are one. And Memphis has to go through, um, and let's say like four, four or five is Dallas. And so like Suns have to go through, I'm trying to think like the Kings or uh, maybe even the Clippers or the Pelicans in the, the three, six spot. And then they get Memphis in round two. Okay. Now you're in a really good spot to bet on them because you're basically like, in my opinion, all you're doing there is you're taking a higher plus number when they will probably be slight favorites versus the nuggets, right? If the nuggets make the conference finals, the other comparison that I think is kind of apt here is 
you, Brandon, there was a good point that you brought up about how KD just kind of does KD stuff. It's hard to integrate Kevin Durant into an offense because you can't ask him to do stuff in the offense. Like he just has to do KD stuff. Otherwise, you're not taking advantage of him. So he always just kind of sticks out on the side. And trying to integrate that in two months, I think, is going to be really difficult for the Suns. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, the Nuggets are kind of in the, on the opposite spectrum. They're a lot like the 2014 Spurs, where everything is super connected. Like, ev- like their best basketball offensively looks like that 2014 Spurs team. Everyone can shoot. Everyone cuts. Everyone moves. Everyone screens. And that differential, I think, is pretty high. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of reasons to kind of the the problem there is just like the Nuggets haven't gotten there ever in there. They have they haven't been to the finals, and bad things always seem to happen to them. The folks in Denver call that Nug life. Um, Brandon, <laughs> I think the Nuggets are still the best team. What do you think is the gap between? Let me let me put it this way: if it's conference finals and it is Suns Nuggets. And the Nuggets are home court or have home court, but are dogs in that series right now? Would you bet Nuggets? I'm not positive what you're asking. Can you ask the frame? I'm asking on series price for a conference finals. The Nuggets have home court, but they're plus one thirty on the on the series line. Would you bet Nuggets? I I think probably not because here's why. So I, I, we wrote a column, you, me, and Joe Delara, that's up on Action Network with, okay, what did we, what were our takeaways from the the trade deadline? And I, I put mine in first, and then both you and Joe were like, yeah, that's mine too. All three of us were like, yeah, so you should bet on the Nuggets right now. But I think that part of the cap on why you should bet on the Nuggets is because they're the one seed, because they have a better path to get to the Western Conference Finals, because they're probably going to be there and healthy. We don't know if that's true for this version, the, the Kevin Durant Suns. And I think part of the cap of why the Nuggets would be good value is because the Suns might not get there. They might not get there. They might not be healthy. They might not be good enough to make the Western Conference Finals. If we're there now, and now we're in the Western Conference Finals, and I'm assuming if they're favored that we probably are the healthy Suns, then at the very least, maybe you know you get the thing that we've talked about we love when we like the road team in a series because you get the the home team game one maybe gets the lead and then you get the better price down 0-1 in the series. So I feel like that's probably what we would be looking for. And maybe you, you come back on the Suns then. My hope would be why I'm playing the Nuggets now is I didn't play the Nuggets plus 130 in the series. I play them plus 370 right now to win the West. And that's my ticket. And now I can come back on the 0-1 Suns down a game in that spot because yeah, I'm probably going to want to hedge out when the healthy Suns, who apparently are healthy and look good and are in the Western Conference Finals, who, like, look, probably they're not going to lock into just beating the Kings and the Grizzlies, who, like, are the teams that none of us really believe in. So they're going to have to beat someone. So presumably they actually look worthwhile being there, and now I probably want to get out of the spot. But betting the Nuggets now is what gives me the opportunity to do that later. Right. Have you adjusted the Suns in your model yet? Um, I haven't adjusted them yet. I mean, obviously, I still want to see them, you know, like, I, I, I'm i just going to let it, you know, naturally play out. I mean, you're going model... to upgrade them slowly. You're going to be have to be like, okay, I'll bump them, and then I'll bump them, and then I'll bump them. Yeah, like, that's what I, mean, I, have w- I have waiting properties in my model, so it takes the most recent games, and it, gotcha. it weighs it more heavily. So I don't, I won't have to do it um, myself. If it's, uh, from a gut perspective, uh, same question. If it's Nuggets versus Suns in the conference finals, Nuggets have home court, 
but are dogs. Which side are you on in that series? I'm taking the Nuggets. Okay. Um, hmm. No questions asked. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, these two teams played in the conference finals before. And, you know, Jokic found ways to making it competitive um, despite being completely overmatched, not having. Gonna, you know, Suns fans are going to yell at you because, one, it was not the conference finals. It was the second round, and two, they got swept. Yeah, so. well, second, definitely second round. But, I mean, I think they were competitive in that series. And then, obviously, to me, I think the Suns have lost a lot of depth. I mean, I mean, you bring in KD, yeah. but they don't have any of those wings that they had previously. And I think this Nuggets team is probably, I mean, they're clearly a much better team. And if they're healthy, I think they're the better team. So um, even with Kevin Durant over there. So um, you give me plus 130 with home court. I mean, you're telling me that's a 43%. I got to win more than 40% of the um, time. I got to take it. Um, yeah, I mean, what's, what's weird is you, if you look at last year's team, that was so good you basically take the three wings they just traded here. And I know Crowder has been playing now, but he still is not on the team, the version that was really good last year. So Crowder, Cam Johnson, Mikhail, you replace them, I would say, I guess, with Durant, Corey Craig, and Damian Lee. Like, that's the three-for-three three swap. And obviously, we know who the number one guy is in that group. But in a playoff series where that was your top six, and now you like... I don't know if I want the upgrade to the number one if it means giving up the clear two, three, and four guys in that group and then a mammoth gap before five and six. Like those, that trio took 15 three pointers a game last year on average. I, I looked this up because we talked about the two point, three point thing. So the Suns are actually shooting more threes this year as a team. They were yep. 27th in three point attempt last year. They're up to 19th this year and they're fifth in shooting percentage on threes. So they're making them. Uh, Matt, you talked about Damian Lee's percentage. The entire top 10 of the rotation is 37% or higher, except DeAndre Aiden, who doesn't shoot threes. So I think they're going to hit. Obviously, Kevin Durant's going to make threes. T.J. Warren can make threes. Like, they're going to make them, but they're not taking them. I think the offense is going to be fine. Like, they're going to figure stuff out. And you have Kevin Durant and then apparently one-on-one -on -one Devin Booker now because you can't double everybody. They're going to score. Tell me about the defense. Like, you guys, you know the X and O is better than me. There's no wings here. And I know the answer is like, ah, oh, yeah, well, buyout season. I'll just get like all the all the NBA All-Stars will come to the Suns now in the buyout. But that's not really how this goes. I don't the defense hasn't been that great already this year. It didn't hold up in the playoffs last year. And now they just traded all their defenders. It, am I wrong to be extremely worried about this defense? I think you gotta remember how bad things got for them injury-wise and try and limit a little bit of taken the the season like their identity is very much statistically is very much warped by yeah. when they were without so many guys like if you're going if you can't score because Devin's not there and you're having to play guys more minutes like you're just going uphill every single every single time um as an example on December 1st the Suns were sixth in defensive rating in the NBA and so like they were still really good and the counter for that is gonna be like yeah they have Mikhail Bridges who is an awesome DPOI level defender. The wing defense is worse. Uh, I will say like KD has gotten better defensively in his old age. He's stronger. Mm -hmm. um, he's still super long. He gives great effort on that end. He's not going to be McHale. I think their bigger problem is actually going to be with quicker guards. Uh, mm -hmm. The like the warrior series would, would get harder here. Like that gets tougher, but I think guarding wings, you're okay. Um, the Nuggets present a very specific set of challenges because of the center stuff. And DeAndre Ayton 
had a really good run against him. And then since that that sweep, uh, Jokic has destroyed him. Just he has annihilated Aiden, which usually happens, honestly, is it takes Jokic a handful of matchups to figure a guy out and then he annihilates him. You know, they'll probably struggle with Jamal Murray in that series without Mikhail Bridges. Having to put Chris on him is going to be, I think, a little bit tough. Um, the pressure point would probably be Chris Paul or it would be MPJ versus Kevin Durant. And they have some options they can go to there with Aaron Gordon guarding him. But again, I, I kind of say that the, that the idea of like, well, who's going to guard Kevin Durant is a dumb question because no one's going to guard Kevin Durant. He's Kevin no. Durant. I also yeah. think that like rebounding wise, the Nuggets are awesome. They're elite in that category. The Nuggets are the best transition team that we've seen in the last 10 years. Statistically, they are the best. Um, I, I think on defense, the, the Suns are going to probably still be, they'll have hard. I think one of the things I think that will happen is, they are less switchable than they used to be. Like in that two, in that 2021 run, they were super switchable and they're no longer as switchable. And that's going to give them problems versus teams like the Clippers and the Warriors. If teams can switch against them and they can't, that tends to cause some problems. So those are like on the surface. Those are some of my worries. They have guys in terms of the wings, like Ish Wainwright's not bad. Torrey Craig brings physicality. They have like different options, but they like they're not going to be as good defensively as they were in that in that finals round. Do you agree, Ra? Oh yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, I do think Kevin Durant's going to help their defense. I mean, I, I mean, he's not necessarily Mikael Bridges, but I think he's a, a solid rim protector. So I like you know matching him and, and Aiton you know down low and and being able to have all that length there. But um, yeah, I agree with you when you said that you know the Suns' defensive metrics are skewed. Um. I think they'll be fine for the most part, but I mean, Yoke is in that that Nuggets team is a different animal. <laughs> so um, I definitely me, would be betting. The... Give me, Rob, I'm going to ask you this. Give me one team in the Western Conference that if it's not the Suns or Nuggets, you would at least consider betting to win the conference and one team that you absolutely will not that's in the playoff picture. You got Suns plus 500, Nuggets plus 750. The others are Clippers plus 1,200, Warriors 1,600, Grizzlies 18 to 1, Mavs 21 to 1, Lakers 55 to 1, Brandon. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw that out there for you. Uh Kings 130 to 1. Of those options, Raw, is there a team that you are interested that that number you don't have to bet it, but just say like I'm interested in that number, and then one that you're like, no, absolutely not. Mm, okay. The one I'm interested like, so this is tough for me just because I I still think the Warriors have a real shot. Okay. But I think you're going to be able to get a better number on them later. Okay. Um, like, so it's just like, I wanted to say the Warriors, but I'm not going to say the Warriors for that reason. Um, If I'm looking solely at the number, I'm probably going to have to go with, I can't say it. I know you, I know you, I know what you want to take here. <laughs> I want to, I want to take the Lakers. <laughs> like I, I, I want to oh, take a shot. Oh, I was wrong. I thought you would go Memphis. No, I don't like Memphis. Okay. I, I don't like Memphis. Memphis is actually the team I will not bet. Okay. Okay. Um, give me the case for the Lakers. Um, I think the case for the Lakers is that they they traded probably the most destructive NBA player that I've ever seen in my lifetime for legitimate NBA players. Um, and if Anthony Davis and LeBron James could stay healthy and what is probably like one of the weakest Western Conference, and I know it improved this week, but this is still one of the weakest Western Conference we've seen since, I mean, like the Jordan era. Um, I think anybody can be anybody. Um, you know, the Kings are the third seed right now. 
um, the Grizzlies, who I don't believe in, are the second seed right now. So um, at, you know, 32 to one, um, I wouldn't mind taking them, you know, a little flyer on them. Okay. Uh, and the Grizzlies are the one that you will not bet, which is weird because you were I, high on them last year. Why will you not bet Memphis? You know, um, I mean, you said it last year. Um, this is not a team that kind of profiles as a team who, you know, wins in the playoffs. I mean, they continue to struggle in the half court. I mean, we look at their half court offense, their 23rd and half court offensive rating, 94 points for one of the possessions. And you you saw it in the playoffs. You actually picked the Minnesota Timberwolves in the playoffs. And, you know, I think last year we both had Minnesota to win game one, but I didn't jump all the way off the bridge and pick them to win the series because I felt like Minnesota was just too young. But when you look back at that series, they probably should have won that series. And I don't think the, the Grizzlies have truly improved um, year to year. Now, they, they, they did pick up Luke Kennard, which I thought was a, a great pickup for them. But I, I kind of look at this Grizzlies team as just a team that, you know, they win at home because they get out in transition. They 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 grab offensive rebounds and they get stops. But I still don't trust the half-court offense. I, like, honestly, I would not be surprised if they lost to the Mavericks in a playoff series. Um, I think there's any team in the Western Conference who would cause them problems. So I, I would not bet the Grizzlies. I, they, they look prime for a first-round exit. The Warriors are fascinating because – they simultaneously exist in two phases, which is like the the state of what we've seen and what we believe. And what mm-hmm. we believe they will be is simply not something they have shown all year. And like Ken Barkley talked on this when he, I had him on a few weeks ago that just like they're not going to be a top th- three seed. Teams that are not top three seeds don't win the conference. That's historically been the case. Um, they can't win on the road. They've told us all year they can't win on the road. The only thing that, that is good for them is their starting lineup, their intended starting lineup with Kavan in there for, for Looney or for Poole is the best net rating for any five-man unit in the league, any starting unit. Um, I still can't get there. I'm with you. I can't get there. Uh, the team I will not bet um, is going to be the Dallas Mavericks. I will not bet them under any circumstances. Um, I don't buy into Kyrie and Luka. The supporting cast isn't great. They have way too many injuries, or not injuries, but question marks. I can't get there. Uh, I forgot one, and that's actually going to be the team that I would actually be interested in right now at a very low price because, the like, if we could eat CLV, boys, if we could eat CLV, the New Orleans Pelicans are 55-1 to right now. Ooh, that was going to be my next one, actually. And Zion's going to be back. Mm -hmm. They had a bad month that destroyed all of their stats that killed all of their momentum that caused the Pelicans fan base to freak out. There's a lot of inexperience here, but like, could I see the Pelicans getting into the three, six and finding themselves in the conference finals a la like the Hawks two years ago? Absolutely. 100%. Just like have the Pelicans arrive Zion Williamson. Like I could absolutely see that. Um, I don't, like if it this number was where I should be, I wouldn't bet it, but the number's not where I think it should be. And so I do see like a little bit of value at, at plus 5,500. And I'm not just saying that in terms of like, oh, the number is off, but I don't actually think that they have a chance. Like, no, I think they could get themselves in a position where at least I would have a good hedge opportunity on the conference. Um, that's for mm-hmm. the title is 5,500, by the way. Brandon, give me the team that you are mm-hmm. a little bit interested in and the team you will not bet. Yeah, I think the teams that you guys talked about is kind of who came to mind too. So let me comment on a couple of them and then I'll say a little bit more on one of them. So Pelicans, uh, I had on like a, you know what, maybe at that price, like 
they're a wild card. I, I think the Pelicans could just lose in five in the first round and be out. Or you could have the right matchups because I think they're going to be a heavily matchup dependent team where one team just doesn't have a Zion answer. And then, yeah, I don't think they're going to win the title. But I think like you said, Matt, I could see with the right matchups and you catch a right injury bounce or whatever, suddenly, hey, conference finals. Like They could be, I think, like last year's Mavs where he was on them early. I think the Pelicans strike me as a similar like, yeah, okay, there's talent there. I think the profile is better than the number right now. Uh, I, I'm with you on Grizzlies, Raheem, fading them. They would have been my top pick for like just no chance I'm betting on them. Uh, I thought, and you guys know this, I've talked about the Memphis consolidation trade I've wanted for years. This is this is the end for the Dylan Brooks contract. And they just, I thought they missed an opportunity. They didn't do it. And they, they didn't get that they, other piece. I want to be very clear on this. They couldn't do it based off of what I heard. Sure. Fair. Oh, wow. So it's like people just, they no one likes Dylan Brooks at this point. No one was taking it. Yeah. Wow. But I, I think I think the Grizzlies are a fake two seed. Uh, they're the two seed in the regular season. I think we all think that they are somewhere between like the fifth and the seventh best team in the West when it comes to a playoff series. I think the Grizzlies are much more likely to lose in the first round than to come out of the West. So I agree with that. The, I'm going to throw in one more team that I wouldn't bet. I'm not betting the Clippers. I'm done with this team. I don't like the moves they made at the trade deadline. Like Plumley, Bones, and Eric Gordon out were John Wall, Kennard, Reggie Jackson. To me, that stinks of shuffling the chairs on the on the Titanic. Like, you're just moving out there. Like, what did we do? We just brought in like, oh, you know what we could use? Somebody who could just come in and, and create their own jump shot on this team. That's what I need. Give me Bones Highland and Eric Gordon. This literally the whole team is jump shot, dudes. I think that the moves they made actually are kind of stealthily admitting that this is not the year. Eric Gordon has a team option for $20 million. He's not worth that, but I think they'll pick it up because that's a trade salary for next year. Bones Highland, you hopefully rehab a little bit, and now you got him for two more cheap years after this season. They can trade this summer's pick and 2027, 2029. The Clippers are waiting for that other big trade. I think the moves they made yesterday are a stealth signal that this is not the year for them. And I think the whole season we've been watching is not a stealth signal that this is not the year for them. Like it, I think it's, I think the Clippers are not it. My understanding is I know that Reggie Jackson was a PG guy. And my understanding mm-hmm. is it was that John Wall was a PG guy too. And they're both gone. Kawhi wanted an upgraded guard. They got Eric Gordon. Like, I'm I'm very curious about those moves. The Mason deal, I think, is literally just like, hey, we can get it. We need a backup center so that, because our small ball units are not good. And mm-hmm. there's a good chance that we play Jokic in the playoffs and we can't roll Marcus. We cannot roll Marcus Morris out in small ball lineups. And, and Zoo's going to get in foul trouble. Like, you need six fouls versus Joker. So I think the Mason deal was mostly just that. Um, yeah, that's fair. So what was the team that you're kind of interested in, Dennis? Okay, so I'm going to talk about two real quick. The Mavericks that you mentioned were on my maybe interested, not at the price, but I just, I, I look, I hate it. I don't want anything to do with Kyrie. I don't want to watch that team. Like you asked me, do I want to watch the Suns? I don't want to watch Luca and Kyrie. I don't want to see it. I, I just, I don't need it. But the profile on paper to me, the four factors it's all the stuff i like yeah like the they are number one in three-point attempt rate number one in free throw rate they have great shooters Kyrie on paper fits perfectly the basketball player next to luca he can score when luca's out he can be a knockdown elite elite shooter when he's off the ball 
The defense still isn't allowing threes like last year. So that's good. Basically, like when I, I was reviewing teams this week to kind of get back in the flow, my Mavs notes are the profile is there. They just need some talent. But now they're adding Kyrie Irving and Maxi Kleber, I think, is back soon, right? So you're adding two really good rotation guys, one all-star caliber, one as a player, not a person. And uh, I don't know. I, I can't put them on my I'm in on them list, but I can't be out on them. Like, if you told me the Mavericks are in the finals, I'd be like, okay, yeah, well, Luca was the best player on the court for three straight series, and Kyrie was an awesome sidekick. And sure, I guess Kyrie decided to play basketball for two months. Like, sure, I could believe that. I don't want to bet on it, but I could see it. I'm going the team that I actually have to play here at the number. You already knew it, Matt, when you gave the numbers out. It's the Lakers. I think the Lakers at the number, you have to look at them. I, I it's a number. Welcome back to buckets, Brandon. Welcome, right? welcome back. <laughs> it's always the Lakers, right? Look, you, you talked about it on Twitter, Matt. They added four real NBA players to their top eight rotation. Yeah. Four actual yeah. NBA dudes, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if I really believe in Rihachimura. Like he's he's the fourth. He's he's number eight in the rotation. But oh, I believe I believe in him more than some of the other guys I got. Okay, but but yeah. I I don't like the other. Like, look, my team supposedly the Timberwolves, whatever the quote unquote my team is, who gave them all these guys. Like my team is just the feeder for all these other teams. I am glad to have gotten rid of D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley from the team, but they are the exact sort of dudes that LeBron has won with his entire yeah. career. That's true. Yeah. The exact, like the guys you guys know, I hate these guys. They're like, shoot first, shoot second, don't defend, don't do anything, just shoot again. LeBron loves those guys. He always has a guy like that. This team, what did they need? The Lakers were awful three-point shooting. They added Russell, who's having a great shooting year, and Beasley, who's always a great shooter. They were a terrible rebounding team. I think Jared Vanderbilt is an awesome fit on this team. And Jared Vanderbilt is like Tristan Thompson, another player that was always great with LeBron. Elite rebounder, hustle, hustle, hustle every second, good defender. These are LeBron dudes on this team. Yeah. And the rest of the roster sucks. It's terrible. But Anthony Davis, when healthy, was awesome. So if he ever gets healthy again sometime in the universe, LeBron is not LeBron anymore, but still top five, top 10, whatever he is, and we'll get the best version of the playoffs. The case for the Lakers is if everything is clicking, you have LeBron and Anthony Davis, who I think still, if healthy, is the best duo in the NBA, right? Like, I don't know who beats that. The new guys fit. The, the biggest problems I thought were addressed, presumably, by this trade, they're the 13th seed right now, right? But the Thunder is ahead of them. They should pass them. The Jazz and the Blazers, I think, kind of stealth tanked with some of the moves they made at the deadline. I don't believe in the Warriors. I'm worried about Steph's injury. They're four games back from the seventh seed. It's not going to be easy. They're going to be like four straight road playoff series to win a title. So I don't know. It's they have to go 16 and 10 just to finish 500 and probably make the play in. Wow. And 16 and 10 is not an easy task for this Lakers team. So it's a very long shot. And I already have a ticket in from, I can't remember. I, you, I, I dupe myself in the Lakers like every couple of months just to like hedge on my emotions. It's, yes. it's like Matt betting against the Chiefs in a big game. So I have something from the summer, I think. But I think the number is too long here. And I think if you imagine what this team could be, 
the the top five percentile version of the team. We're probably not getting it. We're probably getting another disaster, and they just don't even make the playoffs or losing the play in. If the the top five percentile version, the guys are healthy, these pieces fit. How many teams are you sure beat these Lakers in a seven game series right now? Are you positive that they beat them in a seven game series? I, I think it's very few. I think it's like. I think I would probably still pick the Celtics and the Bucks that I'm pretty, pretty well convinced. And I think that's it. I don't think there's anyone else that I would say, yeah, I'm positive. I definitely am taking that team to for sure beat the Lakers, that version of the Lakers. The stat I found this morning, because I was curious about it, mm. the injuries for the Lakers have made it to where you have this kind of idea of like, you know, well, they just, they've had just guys been in and out of the lineup. So I looked it up. When LeBron and AD have played this year, they're 11 and 13. They're two games under 500 when LeBron and Anthony Davis play together. That's wild. Like, that's concerning. Yeah. And you say, like, that's why they got all these guys. And it's true. Um, a lot's going to have to go right at once. Jared Vanderbilt had almost no value on the trade market, which is interesting because, like, I like him the same way you like him. I think all fans like him because of what you mentioned, hustle, hustle, hustle. And I think that there was a kind of consensus around the league of, like, yeah, he tries hard, but yeah. – and then <laughs> – you know, with D'Lo, it was basically like Minnesota was like, sure, a hundred percent will help you do this deal. If you will take D'Lo, a hundred percent will do this deal. They've been trying to move him for two years. Yes. Um, and then the, Beasley... to, to be clear, the Timberwolves fan in me, it, it could not be any happier. I'm back yeah. in. Give me the Timberwolves again. D'Angelo is gone. <laughs> I actually kind of like, like my numbers really like the Wolves. <laughs> I just can't <laughs> get there because I'm just like, oh no, they can't beat anybody seriously. Um, I want to ask a, a few more on the title picture and then we'll do odds and get out of here um, or mm-hmm. awards and get mm-hmm. out of here. Raw in the market, there is a minus 120 on the Eastern Conference to win the title. The West is minus 105, obviously pretty narrow odds here. The idea, I think, is like, hey, Kevin Durant is gone from the Eastern Conference, so that makes it easier, but also that means that Kevin Durant's not in the Eastern Conference anymore, and he can't win it. Um, we're really just talking about Celtics, Bucks, Sixers now. Like, those are the three major yeah. threats, and maybe the Cavs, that they can make some noise. But my thing is, like, I, I like the Cavs when I look at the Eastern Conference matchups, but if you put if you tell me like it's the Cavs make it out and they make the finals, and it's you know Warriors, Suns, Nuggets, Lakers versus Cavs, no, like the West is winning that yeah. series. Um, are we underrating the Eastern Conference? Or I, I definitely think that if you're going to do it, you need to pick whichever team out of the East you just like and go with that team. Obviously, since only one can win, but. Um, I kind of, I'm curious about your thoughts on the East West balance as far as the title odds go. I mean, I still think the East is, I mean, the East is where it's at. Um, okay. <laughs> I just, I mean, I think the Bucks and the Celtics are just like so much higher than pretty much anyone else. Like, I mean, when you, I mean, the numbers don't really point to it, but I mean, outside of the Celtics have a 5.7 SRS, the highest SRS, like outside of them are the Nuggets um, at 3.84. Um, and if I mean we think the the and obviously the, the the Bucks have dealt with injuries all year. I mean they've had their other issues, but they finally turned it on. So I just think those two teams are just a step above everybody else, um, and everybody else is kind of playing for second. Um, and then when you look at the West, I mean look at the West. Memphis Grizzlies are second. The the Kings are third. So um, I just think I mean you're asking a lot for a West a, a Western Conference team to be favored. So um, I actually think you know whoever the Bucks or the Celtics play in the finals are likely, I mean, 
they're going to be favorites in those series. So I probably, if I had to take it, I would take um, the East. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I, I think the East is a two-team race. So I, I would not do that bet just on the East because I am unnecessarily paying for the Sixers, who I do not want any price on. So I would much rather create my own ticket and just bet Celtics and Bucks individually. I don't have the number, but I'm sure I'm going to get it better than a minus 120 that way. But I think it's a two-team race. And I, I think personally, I think the most important trade deadline move, I mean, obviously Kevin Durant is, is the big thing. But I think the most important pickup is Jay Crowder to the Bucks. Yeah. Jay Crowder mm-hmm. is playoff tested. He's going to be in their final lineup on the court. Like, look, Jay Crowder plus Giannis, Chris, and Drew – Plus, Brooke, if you not want a big, or Pat Connaughton, maybe Joe Ingles, if he's more ready by then. Importantly, if it's one of those Crowder two for 14 days, not Crowder, you can put in Pat and Ingles instead and still have the wings there. Like, that's nasty. That's a nasty team. It's a nasty defense that has an elite defensive profile. They gave up, well, they gave up five seconds, right? They gave up five second rounders to get Jay Crowder. But they gave up guys, you know, George Hill and, and Serge Ibaka, who are like combined 85 years old and should not have been in the rotation. Like addition by subtraction, don't get them anywhere near the lineup. I think the, the Bucks are the Bucks. Like we already know what this team is. They won a title. And then as we recall, because I was on the wrong side of it, they pushed these Celtics to seven games without Chris Middleton. They were right there and almost beat the Celtics last year, the better Celtics a year ago without Chris, and now you add hopefully back healthy by then fully Chris Middleton, Jay Crowder. Uh, the Bucks are in a tier alone to me. The Bucks are my title favorite. I don't know that I need to run to bet it right now because I think we're going to go up and down and they're not going to be the one seed and they're going to be other spots to get it. But yeah, to me, that was the, the big takeaway. Like different player, very different guys. But it reminds me a little bit of like Mark Gasol pickup to the Raptors at the deadline a few years ago. That that glue guy that comes in and adds to a championship core. And suddenly it's June and we're like, hey, you know what? That Jay Crowder pickup at the deadline, that really has made a big difference here. Like that's the guy to me. Bucks Nuggets finals matchup plus 950 at FanDuel. I, I You know how I hate Playoff finals matchups. I literally looked at that exact bet in our article yesterday. Aww. That's how much I like Bucks Nuggets as the finals. Though I want Bucks over Nuggets, though, because I would very much like Milwaukee in that series. So mm. if I could get an exact result, then I would take it. But uh, I, you know, I want the the highest plus money I can get on it. You can. That is mm. plus twenty one hundred. All right, put me down. I, I'm I'm betting it. I'll put it in the app. Let's like go. It. Let's go. Let's go. I think uh, I'm. I think I'm. I'm gonna take some of that Bucks Nuggets. I like that one. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. the one I've I pulled out from our article. I took Pacific Division to win the title plus one sixty. That's in the market right now. I like that bet quite a bit. Now, bear in mind, like I have a Nuggets ticket from preseason. Like I needed to see them in preseason with their new pieces, and then like there was an immediate like, oh, this team's gonna whip ass, and so I bet the Nuggets then. So I have basically I have like I'm good with Nuggets, and so this the Suns this ticket gives me a very good position with. The teams I get in this are ridiculous. I get the defending champion Warriors. If the Clippers decide to actually try, I get the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant. And like, I get, we get the Lakers with, hey, maybe actual NBA players get LeBron to another title. Oh, and hey, just saying, you know, 
light the beam, baby. Sacramento Kings will throw them in there as well. Because God, what would be what would be more awesome than a Kings finals run? It would be an absolute destruction in the finals, but it would be an amazing thing to watch happen. Um, so uh, I, I like Pacific Division plus 160 to win the NBA title. I think that that's a good value right now. Well, some of the awards ramifications of the trade deadline. It was interesting to me, and I talked about this on Monday with uh, with Albert, that Luca is all the way down to plus 1,000. And he's missing some games right now. He first, Shams reported today that he was going to play, and now Tim McMahon said that Luca literally said he's not. So some miscommunication there. Whoopsie! Sure, the market loved <laughs> that. Um, but like Luca's plus 1,000 after a closing line of, of 400. He's still going to play probably enough games for it to be close enough for him to be within range. Brandon, I'll start with you. I don't, I personally don't see Luca's usage dropping enough to where the reservoir he's already built up with the advanced and, and per game stats are going to be hurt that much by Kyrie coming on board. And if we agree that Kyrie probably raises their regular season ceiling, just from the perspective of the minutes won't be as bad when Luca's not on the floor, the numbers like, you talked about the all those four factors numbers that reveals itself in mine too. My numbers really like the Mavericks. They've liked them all year. It likes them a little bit less now than it did earlier, thankfully, because uh, it was getting a little uncomfortable there. That, that was getting a little awkward for me. Um, I like I have such a big position on Luca. I I don't really need to bet this even at plus one thousand, but that number really stands out to me. That even with how much I think you know, Joker's in the driver's seat and Joel's right behind him. If the Mavericks get the 49 wins and Luca's numbers are that great, I still think he's going to pull voters. If something happens that disrupts the top two standing, like Luca has a solid reservoir of support already. We've seen that in polls. So to me, the plus 1,000 here, um, regardless of whether I can bet it or not, it's a bad number. Yeah, I think personally, and I'm not a voter, and what I think doesn't actually matter. I think MVP is over. I think Nikola Jokic, is the MVP. It's done and dusted. I also think that it's not just going to play out that way for the rest of the season because we get bored and we have to tell stories and somebody is going to make a, a push. We're going to have multiple media pushes. We're going to be part of it. The three of us are going to be part of the push that I hate because we're going to get bored and need something to talk about on our podcast. And I think Luca is the guy that is the most obvious push guy for that. Dallas is eight games back of Denver. Dallas is not going to catch Denver in the standings, barring like Jokic missed two months or something. So they're not catching the Nuggets, but they're two back on the three seed. I love the Kings, but I, I don't think they're going to stay the three seed. If if the Kyrie thing works, I agree. I, I think the numbers, the 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 raw numbers and the advanced profile, I don't think Kyrie's presence and shot taking is going to take away from that enough to matter. Like the numbers are still going to be, Oh yeah. Luca is clearly a top three candidate. The raw numbers and the advanced numbers will be there and probably second, depending on what happens with Embiid. Kyrie, I think helps because presumably if he plays, you always have to have the disclaimer, but if he plays and they do well, they probably are the favorite for the three seed. They're four games back in Memphis for the two seed. If you get to the three and the two, then 
you're like, oh, well, I don't know. Luca, he's shiny and he's new and young and we want to have him as the face of the NBA and Jokic is boring and already wins all the MVPs. Like, I I get it. Like, I I think it's done and I think it's Jokic. I would not bet Embiid. I never have for this award. I don't want it. I think if you want to make a different bet or a case for who could take it from him, I think Luca's the only guy. So I think from that perspective, that's probably the price you would look at. I personally would just take Jokic minus 145 or whatever the number is out there. I just think yeah, it's going to be him in the end. But I think yeah. I think if you have the big Jokic position like you and I both do already, I think, you know, I, I don't have any Luka. So maybe you tell me. I have no Luka in my portfolio right now. I got my Kawhi stock. If Kawhi makes a run, I got him. Yeah. Do I need do I need to add some Luca at 10 to 1 here to to balance out my Jokic? First things first, this MVP award is not done yet. Um I don't know if you when you were in the NFL bubble, you missed what happened two weeks ago. But I mean (laughs) Joel Joel MB put up 47 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks on the reigning MVP. What happened in the next game for the Sixers? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they choked it away, but the one thing, I mean, the point I'm trying to make is that a lot of voters actually weigh these head-to-head matchups pretty heavily. They um, want, I'll tell you, I'll, well, I would actually go a little step, step further, I'll let you finish, but they want, they were, the. I'll say this, the people that don't want to vote for Jokic were yes. looking for that result. They like, wanted a reason. Yeah, it's a, that's a reinforcement of it. The problem is, I think that at this point, there's less resistance to Joker than there was two seasons ago. Go ahead and yeah. finish your thought. Now, I do think Jokic is the rightful favorite, but I think, like, res- when you see results like that where, you know, MB does what he did to Jokic, I think it leaves the door ajar for somebody to steal it. Now, I don't know if that guy is, is Luka. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Like, to me, I just – I don't know how successful this Mavericks team is going to be. Um, They're going to have a top-tier offense, but defensively, I just – I don't see it. So – I'm wondering if the guy is actually Tatum. Um, I don't think his numbers are going to be as good as Jokic, Embiid, Luka, or Giannis, but you saw the injury to Jalen Brown. You saw Marcus Smart is banged up. You see Robert Williams is a little banged up. You see Al Horford is a little banged up. I'm wondering if those injuries kind of leave the door ajar where you have a Celtics team that's, you know, by far the best team in the league right now. So um, I'm not sure if I'm going to take it, but, I just I wonder if you know that that seventeen to one is is priced a little bit too low, but um, I think I think MB has a real chance of stealing it. I do. I will just say for Rackham, which Rob, that's where we do uh, the awards parlays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Joker, Paolo, Jaron, Shea for it for most improved because I still think he's going to win, and Norman Powell, who has now taken the lead for points per game off the bench. Uh, that five man parlay is plus twenty eight oh eight. So I'll go ahead and get that rack. Of my I, I think um, too, I, I smirked at first when you brought up Jason Tatum, because when he was the MVP leader earlier in the season, we were on here being like, do not, don't do it. Don't. And yeah. I smirk when I see his number. Cause I think it's the right number. Now yeah. I think you're right though. With Jalen out there is Tatum. I think is the next narrative guy. I think either the Mavs are suddenly look super awesome with Kyrie and there's a Luca push, or I think Tatum gets the push. So, if you can cash out, then I think Tatum is the right play. I don't think he's going to win it, but I think yeah, I don't think he's going to win it either. Shorten. I mean, but um, and the one thing I, the, the, I mean, obviously, I, I'm at the ringer right now, and 
it's basically the Boston collective. Um, <laughs> and a lot of those guys have MVP votes. So, yeah. I mean, when you and see sweat. that, yeah, when you see that injury, you got to think, you know, he yeah. could get a narrative push. I'll, well, I'll just say this, like, you're right, but like Bill is going to vote Joker. That seems very, yeah, he's, de- he's definitely going to vote for Joker. That seems, that seems pretty sad. Here, here, here's another thing too. So with Luca, like we, we like the Luca push because they added Kyrie. Matt, I want you to weigh in on this because you've watched this and, you know, I, I haven't seen as much, but I was curious, looking in the numbers, this does not include last night's game. The Nuggets lost to the Magic, right, last night? Yeah. Did Jamal Murray play? I, I only just saw no, a quick he, box. No, he did play. Okay, so this is current then. Last 15 games Jamal Murray played, he's averaging 25, 5, and 6 on a 50, 45, 90 shooting. He's got a 5.0 box plus minus. Basically... Here's they're 13 and two in those games. Here's my case. Did, are the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, we knew was going to take some ramp up into this thing. The Nuggets are already the one seed and adding a player just as good or better than Kyrie Irving, the way Jamal Murray is playing right now, basically adding that to what they've already been with Joker. As much as we say, well, Kyrie's here, shouldn't the Mavs get better? What if the Nuggets just get better because Jamal Murray is this awesome and suddenly the Nuggets win the one seed by like eight or 10 games. So it's funny that you mentioned that they lost to, I forget who they lost to in December. Um, They started to turn the season around on December 7th. That's when the Nuggets season kind of, that's when they started to, that was when they lost the Mavericks at home. And that was like the, the low point for that team. And after that is when they started to, I don't mean to say this, but it's kind of accurate. Try um the starters really started <laughs> like literally i talked to the guys and they were like we need to get on the same page in terms of communication we just need to put a little bit more effort in into figuring these things out it wasn't trying in terms of running it was trying in terms of like putting the effort into to do the things that help you win and they started to do that uh since december 7th the best record in the nba is the denver nuggets at 24 and 8 uh the best net rating in the nba is the denver nuggets at plus 6.4 the second best offensive rating in the NBA tied for first is the Denver Nuggets at 118.8. And this is the one that nobody really realizes. The Nuggets are sixth in defensive rating since December 7th. This is two full mm-hmm. months where the Nuggets have been a top 10 defense. So yeah. that's, um, I, I was trying to think through as I was kind of looking over these teams, like we, we all three of us were a little bit late to the Celtics thing last year, you know, like January 27th, 29th, whatever the date was, we kept referencing. Whereas mm-hmm. like, we saw it and we we're like, okay, well, this is the hot stretch. Then what happens for the team? So I was trying to think who there's not a great team right now, other than the Celtics, who is the other team ready to make the leap? And I think the obvious answer is, well, the Suns, they traded for Kevin Durant. Like that's the, the clear answer now. But I was trying to look as I was kind of prepping on these teams, who is it that we don't really see it because of the first couple of months, I think it's the Nuggets. And I think the Nuggets were already really good and already had the best player in the world and then are doing the leap thing in the middle of the year too. For MVP, the other thing I'll say is uh, if you think, if you buy into recency bias, check out Giannis Antetokounmpo at plus 850 because a lot of the reason I've had Giannis lower was the Bucs weren't as good and Giannis' shooting has been been bad by his standards this year. And he's shooting 60% from the field over his last 15 games. He's been an absolute monster. He's just terrifying. And the Bucs are just rolling teams. And so yeah. if the Bucs wind up like 
if they go on another run like they did last year, like all of my concerns about them in December and January are gone. I'm like, oh, no, they 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 stopped that. They're fine now. Um, if they go on this run and like if they catch bot, like this is what's crazy is as good as Boston started. Boston is one game up in the loss column. Like the Bucks are right on their ass. If the Bucks get the one seed and Giannis closes with these kind of numbers and he's a better defender. Whew, I, that one again, 850. My biggest point here is that I agree Jokic should be the favorite, Brandon. I totally agree Joker should be the favorite. But the market mm-hmm. is like Joker should be a moderate favorite and Bede should be pretty close. And then there's like everybody else. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like mm-hmm. Joker should be a small favorite and Bede mm-hmm. should be a small dog. Everyone else should be a slightly smaller dog. Like not everybody mm-hmm. else, but like Giannis, yeah. Luca, and Tatum. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, your your point is that the gap, the perceived gap from Embiid to the to Giannis, Luka Tatum, is not what it is. That those yeah. those four should be closer in, to each other, like, not necessarily closer to Jokic, but closer yeah. to each other, right? And that's different from like a best bet, right? Like because I build these positions through the position through the season. But if you're like, I need a best bet for MVP, I am going to be like, yeah, it's Nikola Jokic. They're going to finish yeah. with the number one seed in the Western Conference, and his numbers are ridiculous. I don't care that he lost to Embiid in. January, I yeah. Don't care. I mean, I, I, think, I think we're all in, we're all in agreement that he's he's the rightful favorite, but yeah. I don't think it. I don't think he's as big as of a, of a favorite um, that we've probably seen in past years. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's do this real quick. Uh, Russell Westbrook gets traded to the Jazz. He's going to get bought out. I think if he goes to the Clippers, he starts. I think if he goes to Chicago, I'm sorry, Brandon, he starts. I think if he goes um, to Miami, he starts. I think six man of the year is dead for Russell Westbrook. It's fallen back to plus 1000. Brandon, do you agree? I agree. I, I think it's been dead. I I like, I we had fun. I had the hundred to one ticket, but like this is, it, it never made sense to me that he was the huge betting favorite. Like it had to have just been the liability thing or something. Like we talk about like, yeah, but the voters actually have to vote for him. Like Zach Lowe's of the world. were never voting for Russell Westbrook yeah. to win six man of the year on this. Yeah. Like, Look at the articles eviscerating him as he goes out the door in the Lakers. Like those are the dudes with the with the votes. Like they were not voting for him. I had fun. I had fun with my hundred to one ticket. It's done. I, I think unfortunately the the odds have kind of gone awry now to where like Brogdon, Powell, I, those are the guys. I assume Maxi maybe if he makes a run. But we needed the Russell Westbrook minus number to get the good odds on those guys. But uh, yeah, Westbrook plus nineteen hundred. Please don't. Don't do it. Norman Powell, yeah. as I mentioned, has taken over the scoring lead amongst qualified players for six man of the year. I expect that to continue. Benedict Matherin very oddly got a DNP the other night, which was odd. Uh, Brogdon's still the favorite. He was the favorite. The He was the winner in the media poll that came out, I believe, in either early December or early January or late December. Um, I still am a little bit skeptical of that result. I kind of feel like Brogdon is a little bit is a little bit. Too, I, I think minus 170 is way heavy for him. Um, mm-hmm. I have Powell at ridiculous numbers, but to me, I still think that Powell's the best number on the board. Do you have anything better that you can think of for six man, Ra? Um, I think Powell's the guy, um, especially when you look at the fact that they did trade Luke Kennard, um, and they and they traded Reggie Jackson. I think they got some guys out of the way, and I think he's going to continue to perform. So, um, I like that one. And then finally, most improved the award that continues to just divide everyone. Uh, the Jazz moving Mike Conley, Vanderbilt, and Beasley and getting essentially nothing back. Very much looking to the future. That was a, like, 
it was odd because Danny Ainge waited until it was too late and then is like, okay, now you can tank. And it's like, for what? Like, what, you going to tank for the 13th pick in the draft? Is that what you're doing here? Um, <laughs> but hey, maybe they win the lottery and it works out. Um, Brandon, I still think that I think Shea wins this. I, I am very, like, I know that he didn't get as many votes for, for most improved and Lori was very strong in that category. I think Lori is deserving. I have a Lori ticket. Um, but to me, Shea Gillis Alexander at a plus number, I really feel like there's going to be, there is going to be a drive from voters to be like, we got to recognize what this kid's done. Like he went from being like, oh yeah, Shea's pretty good to like, Shea is an all-star. The Thunder could be a, a solid playoff team next year, which at Holmgren, because of Shay. Um, like he's like, all the all-stars want to play with him. The leap is significant, much the way that Jaws from year over year was. This is a very jaw pick, which was last year's winner. Uh, I really like Shay Gillis Alexander at plus 125 right now. Yeah, I think between those two, I think if it comes down to it's either Markin or, or Shay, I think it's Shay. Because the problem is we kept waiting to say, okay, who made the all-star game? And then they all did. All the guys did. And then who was going to make the playoffs? Like that's high in my criteria list for this award. But now it turns out none of them are going to. Markinen is probably not going to. I don't think Shea's going to as much as the bottom of the West kind of made their push and OKC didn't. Tyrese Halliburton, I wanted to maybe be like, well, maybe that's a long shot, but I don't know that Indiana is going to make any more of a playoff push either. So if it comes down to, okay, they all miss the playoffs. So we don't have the winner criteria to put on it then wouldn't you just vote for the dude you think is best? And the dude that's best is Shea by a lot. Shea is awesome and like going to contend for first or second team all NBA. And Lowry is like, oh yeah, should we put him on all NBA? Like, is he a third team all NBA? Like, it's very good. It's it's a huge improvement. He's very good. I'm not dissing him. It's just if like at the end of the day, if the only criteria is just, well, who improved a lot and who's awesome now? Like that's the most improved award in recent years has just been like, Hey, you know, who's awesome now, this guy, right? John Morant. Awesome. Now let's give him the award. Like that's Shay. That's it's not, it's not marking him. So I, I don't think that I would bet either because my, like, you know, I'm, I'm a prisoner to my model and my model really wants a playoff team winner here. Joe Delaire put this in. I supported it. I may, I may make a position, but I'm already on it from before the year. If I was going to bet it, 50 to one Jalen Brunson is the guy that I might bet. Now I wanted Brunson to get one of those last all-star spots and it doesn't look like he's going to. So that hurts because we, we need the all-star thing, but the Knicks, I think are going to make the playoffs. I think the Knicks are pretty solid. Going to be like a five or six seed. Brunson's been good. If my formula is right, that winning matters and Halliburton can't win enough and Shea and, and Lowry don't win and get out of here with Cam Thomas. Like just, just please don't. Then I think Jalen Brunson is, is the other choice. He's not as good as any of those three. He hasn't improved by as much as any of those three. He shouldn't win, but 50 to one, I think I'd, I'd rather do that. But I, I would not bet marketing for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet marketing either. I, I think, you know, that ship has sailed. Um, I think, you know, Shai Gills is Alexander. He's fifth in, in scoring. You know, my preseason pick was Anthony Edwards, and he's, like, really turned up the second half of the year, but he has such a slow start that I just don't think he's going to get it, um, which is unfortunate just because I was really high on Anthony Edwards really making a push this year. But I just think Shai Gil Gilgis Alexander has just really taken things to the next level. I mean, anytime, you know, you're averaging 30 points a game, I, I just think it puts you just in another category. So I think you got to go with him. Guess who's third in odds? Cam Thomas. <laughs> yeah. 
Get out of here with that. Oh, man. He's been awesome. He had three straight 40 burgers before last night, and the Nets won. What if they go on a run behind Cam Thomas? So the Nets didn't trade all the dudes. We thought they might just unload everyone at the deadline. They traded no one. Like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to bet this. I kind of like the Nets now. Me too. I kind of, I kind of feel like the Nets could maybe win a playoff series as like, like, I don't know. Could could the Nets beat the Sixers? What if the Nets beat Miami? Yeah, the Nets could beat one of those teams in a series. Like they're gonna have like ten dudes versus two dudes in one of those series. I kind of like them. Like Like you can't, you can't. If if Benjamin has any hope of being anything, the team you've wanted for years around Ben Simmons is Ben plus shooters. Like we accidentally made Ben plus three and D shooters. The, all the three and D shooters are just hanging out in Brooklyn. Now it's kind of interesting to me. The, uh, the game, the game plan for most playoff series is how do you stop the engine? Well, there's no engine. It's just a bunch of parts <laughs> running around all on their own. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned Ben Simmons, by the way, oh, remember man. my long shot that I gave out? In preseason, Brandon. <laughs> ben Simmons, first team All NBA, right? Is that Simmons, it? I found that oh, ticket yesterday God. and was like, oh, that's sad. That's money <laughs> I set on fire. Um, all right, that's going to wrap it up. My thanks to Raheem Palmer. You can check him out on the Ringer Gambling Show. Uh, awesome stuff all the time over there. You can follow him on Twitter at I am Rostradamus. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at Wheaton Brando and check him out in the Action Network app. Make sure to download the app. Best way for you to track all your picks. Good luck with your, all your Super Bowl picks. We'll see you guys again on Monday for the weekend recap. We'll see you guys again next time. Until then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.